and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. Welcome back to Labors in the Harvest podcast. This is your host, Kevin Folger, and this is week number two of our conversation with Dr. Carl Boonstra. And if you didn't listen to the first segment, I'd encourage you to do so before you pick up today. But uh, we're continuing our conversation with this man who's 96 years of age, who served the Lord for 75 years. And uh, in this particular segment, we're going to talk to him about uh, how God worked in his life and developing him and his call to ministry and what God did in and through that life of ministry. So sit back, relax, and listen to this segment of Labors in the Harvest podcast. This is Kevin Folger with Labors in the Harvest podcast. We're grateful to have you uh, joining us today. This is our second segment in our conversation that we're having with uh, Brother Carl Boonstra. Uh, Brother Boonstra is 95, almost 96. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Next All right. And so last week, as we were uh, discussing his life, he shared with us about... Um, living in Iowa, and then God uh, doing through some health circumstances, the father moving to Denver, and of course, getting saved there at the Inglewood Baptist Tabernacle as a young 16-year-old boy, but he also shared with us a little bit about his military service in World War II. Um, Brother Boonstra, again, we thank you for joining us today, and we're going to pick up our conversation. You just had gotten saved, and so um, obviously that church there in Inglewood in the Denver, Colorado area was very instrumental in your life. And how did it impact you after your salvation? Well, after my salvation, the interesting thing was that uh, it was totally evangelistic. But uh, I was immediately, because we had training hour on Sunday evening before the evening service. And uh, right away, because of Al Wells and Clifford Clark and others, uh, we right away were involved in this training hour. Uh, some call it training union, but anyway, uh, we call it a training hour. And so we would meet at we would meet at six o'clock, and uh, we would have sword drills, we'd have scripture memorization, have just different things of that nature. Plus, then one, then some of the young people they would sing uh, some maybe two or three or four of the girls would have a quartet, or boys would have a quartet, or duet, or, and so we got some practical experience that way, and then. Uh, and then someone would bring a devotion. Now we had a, we had an adult leader, but we'd bring a devotion, just a little devotion, a little sermonette. <laughs> but uh, so anyhow, but not only that, but uh, Al Wells' stepdad, Dan Allen, uh, also a new, basic new convert, but he, uh, a brilliant person, had been a school teacher in Oklahoma, and he, uh, he would take his guys down to Larmer Street, which was Skid Row Street, and there we'd go to the Skid Row Mission, and we'd have a service. 
Clifford Clark would strum the guitar and we'd all sing. And of course, a whole room full of men, not many women in those days at the, at the Skid Row Mission. And of course, it was right in the middle of the war too, 1943, 44. And uh, so, uh, so we got experience. Plus, attending all the services and, and preaching, Harvey Springer was a Bible, Bible preacher. And so you learned prophecy, preached on prophecy, preached on everything. In those days, uh, those days of war, you know, there were some that said, well, Stalin is an antichrist and Hitler's antichrist. And now Springer didn't believe that, but he, he sure did preach. And then he was, after, he was after the modernist. Oh, my soul. You can't imagine how he tore up the modernist. Uh, we call them liberals today, but they were more than liberal. They were modernist, yeah. Bible deniers. And they, they, so Springer was always under attack. Every Monday, there'd be an article in the newspaper nearly, Denver Post or the Rocky Mountain News, uh, <laughs> where, in, where when people have been out, uh, what do you call them? Uh, uh, from the papers, you know, what do you call those people? Anyway, they come down and they sit in an interview and and trying to find try, some way to trap him up. Mm -hmm. And of course, Springer was a fighter. He just loved it. Mm. And so uh, one time, one time, oh yeah, after the communists as well. One time on Sunday night, boy, right about the end of the service, there was a big roar up and some guys about in the parking lot and letting the air out of the tires and cutting tires. And there was a bunch of communists, I guess, that were recurring. That got big news in the paper. So anyway, uh, it was quite an interesting experience yeah. <laughs> in those days. Yeah. So then, of course, uh, then uh, when all that was then, guys started to leave. Clifford left for service. Al left for service. I mean, they were drafted. You know, when you got to, right, when right. you turned eighteen, you yes, were gone. Sir. Yes, sir. And so these guys all disappeared. And pretty soon, there was hardly any of us left. And then I left, and some others left after that. So mm -hmm. anyway, right. so that was that. And so I was in the service from from uh, July 1943 until January uh, 1946. So when you came back from your military service, you landed back there in Denver and back into the church? Immediately. I went mm -hmm. back to the church the second Sunday I was home. The second mm -hmm. Sunday year I was home and I was back at church. Okay. And uh, been church ever since. Well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, call to ministry. How, did, how, how and where and when did that take place? Well, uh, of course, we were through the experience that we had before, after I was saved, and, and all the experience we had in, in training hour, and, and then uh, the Skid Row Mission and nursing homes. Uh, uh, there just was something there that, that uh, and by, by the way, I, I immediately after I got home, I enrolled in, uh, I enrolled in the school to get my, uh, my uh, high school. To, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm got it and then i also attended other classes so that i got a little bit of an education whatever mm -hmm. it was okay so yes but they're down in my heart i knew that god has called me to preach but because of my background uh i just had re real reservations and also when i'd come home in 46 i'd have very home just very little time and i had to have a job so so i uh uh, and by this time, my father, my father still had a store, but it was a different one than it had the original. And but one of the meat jobbers said, you know, there's a certain certain store that's looking for a butcher. And uh, so I went and inquired, and and they said, yeah, we're in, but you have to belong to the union. So.
so okay so i went down to the meat cutters union there in denver and uh give them a little bit of my background and everything else and so okay we're going to start you out as a third year apprentice <laughs> so i worked one year as a third year apprentice and then just before elsa and i had gotten married uh, i was, became a journeyman and i got a different job in a safeway store as a journeyman and that's another story beyond but anyway so back to the ministry uh all and all the time that we were home and i had met elsa my wife who became a wife and two or three other couples, Jimmy Strickland, missionary Jimmy Strickland. Sure. And of course, Al Wells. Al Wells, he went off to Bible college almost, but Clifford Clark never did come back. He went to Wichita and then started a church in, in Garden City, Kansas. Mm. But Al Wells was there, but he went off to Bible school. Jimmy Strickland went off to Bible school. But there are some other young couples that, uh, and then we're teaching a class, teaching both else and I were teaching. And we were going to nursing homes every Sunday and, go down to Skid Row Mission once or once, at least once a month. So we're active in the ministry. And uh, and that was kind of my argument about, about going ahead and going to Bible college. I thought, how can you ever go to Bible college? You, you know, you're not even a high school graduate, you know? But uh, anyway, I finally just said, Elsa and I talked about it and prayed about it. And so we just finally said, we got to do this. And you've heard the same say before. It's amazing how that when when you make up a decision that you're going to do this, I told my I told my meat cutter there are four of us at the, at the meat shop at Safeway, and we all four all four were, were uh, uh, three of us were World War II vets. We never talked about it, but and one of them was the manager at the market. They were all good friends. We became friends. So anyway, I told Johnny. I said, Joe, I'm I'm going to have to resign from the, from cutting meat and and uh, go to school. I'm going to go to Bible college. Oh, he said, wow. Anyway, about a couple of days later, the supervisor of all the Safeway stores and the meat department came by, came by the store and said, hey, Carl, I'd like to visit with you a little bit. And so, okay, he said, I hear you're going to quit your job and go to uh, go, go to school. And I said, yes, sir. He said, you know, he said, uh, uh, you're very well liked her and you, you're doing a good job. Da, 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 da. And he said, uh, uh, you could become a market manager like John or Johnny. And I said, well, uh, I, I, I can't do it. I, I, my decision's made. Oh, he said, he said, you become, a, you become manager. In fact, he said, I got a store right now up in Greeley. He had, if you go up there and take that market, he said, you'll do well, you'll do well. And I said, no, sir, I, I just can't do that. So anyway, he wrote me a letter of recommendation uh, that if I needed a job in Fort Worth, I, I had this recommendation. And so anyway, Elson and I packed, I never did tell the preacher, Harvey Springer. I didn't, I didn't go forward to the altar and say, I'm going to enter the ministry. In fact, the matter is, I wouldn't tell anybody I was going to ministry because I thought, well, I'll go to Bible college. If it doesn't work, at least, at least they won't <laughs> call me a preacher dropout. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the way it was. But anyway, so anyway, we went off to Bible college. Right. I was in, I was in, uh, yeah, and then you were, uh, uh, went to, uh, Frank Norris school. Yeah. Bible Baptist so Seminary. That, that must've been an experience in and of itself. The Senator oh, Dr. Yeah, Frank I, Norris for a while. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was something else. Yes. Sir. He, was, he was getting older and, and things weren't all going. I didn't know it. I was so naive, Sure. but, uh, things weren't all going all that well, really. Okay. So, and then I had that little church out in the country. So I, 
go to school in the morning, go to work. I got a job at Safeway in Fort Worth, by the way, and uh, part time, and then had that little church out in the country. So well, I'd let's come back to up for just a minute, if we can, because we had that conversation before we started recording. So while you're in Bible college, there's a little church that uh, was looking for a preacher. So you ended up ending up uh, pastoring that for a little while. Yes, sir. Uh, so when I went out there to preach at that little Bear Creek, they call it Bear Creek Independent Fundamental Baptist Church, mm. little building in school. You didn't have that recorded. Anyway, yeah, I had that little church and we went out there and preached and Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, because Wednesday was one day I didn't work at the meat market. And so past that little church, I mean, I preached out there. I often said, I, they called me pastor, but I, I was just preaching, you know, <laughs> and we preach up a storm. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, that was so, great. Then, 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 of course, I got the invite to come back to Inglewood. So you, uh, you, you ended up back in Denver after that, is that correct? Yes, sir. Come back to Denver to the Inglewood Baptist Church, Inglewood Tabernacle, mm -hmm. and uh, was associate pastor there. And of course, Harvest Spring was evangelist. And uh, he'd come there as an evangelist when they called him as pastor. They needed a pastor in 1935 uh, or 1936. He preached in 1935, a big open air te or, or tent revival, because that's what he did. He was an evangelist. He was half Indian. Harvest Springer was, uh, was half Cherokee. Hmm. And, and of course, six foot five and wore that big hat and cowboy boots. He stood seven feet high. He was a, <laughs> he was, he was a handsome, he was a sensation. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. And so, so anyway, uh, and he wanted, he wanted, and he did evangelism all the time, but mm. not as much as until after I was there. Then he, he had also made him president of World Baptist when the split came, when Baptist Bible Fellowship started in 1950. Springer mm. wasn't even at the meeting. The Frank Norris called and said, we put you in here as president of the World Baptist. And he hardly know what's going on, even though he was good friends with Dr. Beecher Vick and Wendell Zimmerman and, and uh, Art Wilson. Mm -hmm. So Art Wilson from our church out there. But anyway, yeah, it was something else. So yeah, those were some I mean, days or some great history that was written, of course, during those those days as well. So <laughs> yeah, so there was lots of people got saved. Yeah. Well, I was there for five years at the church in Goodbye. You want me to continue with that part of it? Sure. Yeah. I was I was five years at the tabernacle. Uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this when we were having a conversation, but anyway, the first Sunday that I was there at the church, and we come back home and, and God opened up that little apartment, little duplex to live in, and uh, was in church on Sunday, and Springer introduced me to the crowd as associate. In fact, uh, he'd already announced it before that I was coming. And so uh, and he'd come to Fort Worth. He'd come to Fort Worth and and he said, I would, I would like to drive out and see that little church you're patching. And so we drove out there in the car. And he said, I would like for you to come work for me. And uh, so I said, well, I, I can't come until the end of the end of this semester. Well, he said, I think I can work that out. So anyway, next thing I knew, I, I could get out and be at the church for first Sunday in November. <laughs> that's, well, that's right. well, those but, were, those were some great days. There's no question about that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so anyhow, the first the, so on Monday morning, I went there up upstairs to the where the office was, a big building they had built, and uh, next to the Tabernacle Building, the auditorium, and so sitting in that little room. I was sitting on one side and, and associate and song leader sitting on the other side. He wasn't associate, he was a song leader and business manager. 
and Springer come and stood in the door and has had his hand getting ready to go somewhere, I guess. He said, well, Carl, he said, welcome aboard here. He said, now just remember one thing. He said, you're not working for me. He said, uh, you're working for God. And he said, I want you, whatever you do, I want you to do it as if God's leading you. And that was, that was the only conversation we ever had, basically. Hmm. He, well, I, not, the, not the only conversation, but he never, he never made any suggestions. He'd be gone and he would call, he would call on Thursday, talk to the editor of the Western Voice, which was one of the, one, one of the Sunday school teachers, and uh, to his secretary, and then he talked to me, and I some problem come up. I said, well, Carl, he said, you're there, just do it. You're there, do it the best way you know how. <laughs> that's where it was. Well, that, we that's a, practical experience, right? <laughs> almost, uh, plus, then we had a Sunday morning broadcast, which was live. Mm -hmm. You had you didn't tape it. You had to take, you had to go down to the station, but oh. you had to send it in ahead of time because he was so controversial that they had to broadcast, but they wouldn't broadcast unless they had a had a uh, transcript beforehand. <laughs> and well, when he wasn't there, I, I still had Sandy's transcript, but which was not bad. Yeah, because I could sit down in front of the microphone in a little room up there at that radio station downtown Denver, in mm. a building up on the fourth floor, I think it was. Yeah, and just go in that little room and. I'd oftentimes have the quartet. We had a great quartet there at the Tabernacle, and or seven solo or something. Mm. And they'd come down and they'd sing a couple of songs, and I'd make announcements to preach. Wow! And uh, and go back, pick up my family, and get back just in time to teach my auditorium Bible class, mm. which God really blessed. Yeah. During those four years, the church grew from 400 to 700 and over 700 in Sunday school. Mm. We had one high day when Springer was gone. He was preaching revival in Florida, and he's and he had uh, said something. It was a Sunday school contest, and so we put up a big sign that said "Beat Harvey," and we, I mean, we beat the bushes, and everybody responded. And on that Sunday, the last Sunday, uh, to find out who's going to be the winner, we had twelve hundred and sixty-seven in Sunday school. Wow, <laughs> that's the most church had ever had before or since. Uh, interesting thing yeah so where did I you go the, when i took over the auditorium bible class i spoke maybe i don't mean this to be boasting just just how god works right when i took over the auditorium bible class it had always it was being taught by a preacher uh and he uh he was from greenfield missouri just about 40 miles from here and he had been called as pastor to the first baptist church in greenfield so he was leaving. Well, anyway, that first Sunday, like I said, when I arrived there, he still taught the class. He introduced me to the class because Springer said I'd be the teacher. And he said, and then afterwards he told me, he said, they had about 40. He said, now, Carl, he said, uh, he said, these people are used to uh, strong, uh, I don't know the exact words, but and he said, you're a young preacher. And he said, they may not, you may lose some of them. And uh, so I didn't argue with him about it. So, so anyway, uh, but the interesting thing was the class grew to over averaging 150. Wow. When I, that's, when that's we, wonderful. When I just started the Christian church. Yeah. So God after you had head. finished your time there at the uh, Baptist Tabernacle, God led you into the pastorate. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Actually, uh, I was there for five years. Denver's growing like crazy. It's from 1950, November 1955, or 19, yeah, 1950 to 1955. Mm -hmm. Denver's growing like crazy, you know. Uh, World War guys were coming home, and military guys loved Denver, and Denver's growing. Mm 
And so Springer's home and I said to him, I said, preacher, I said, uh, uh, I'd like to talk to you a little bit. And, well, okay. And so we, we sat down to talk a little bit. And I told him, I said, you know, we, I, I really need to start a church. I said, I want to start a mission church from here uh, over close to our air base area, East Denver. And man, he, he got quiet. And uh, he said, you can't do that. He said, you're the pastor here. And he said, I'm leaving. You just, you just, you, you can't leave. I said, well, preacher, I believe God's want me to do this. And uh, so, well, okay, if, if God's leading you, then get with it. And so we set the date for my last Sunday and he was home, but I preached that Sunday and they took up an offering to give me $700. Now 700 would be like 7,000 today. Right. They would give me $700 and that's the last dime I ever heard. <laughs> now, the fellowship was, uh, uh, we still had fellowship, you know, because we worked at the Silver State Youth Camp and right. involved, very involved. So, yeah, but anyway, that was, that's how he got started. Started a little house. Mm -hmm. Started a little house, found a, actually, actually, I had, there was a schoolhouse. It was out in the south of where I wanted to start the church. There was a schoolhouse. It was out in the, on the country road, really, way out east. Okay. Uh, six, seven miles east of, of the Inglewood Baptist Tabernacle. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, I arranged to use a school, a school room mm -hmm. on Sunday, Sunday morning. Well, uh, the week before we're supposed to start, maybe two weeks, but anyway, a week or so before, I get a phone call from the chairman of the board. He said, I'm sorry, Mr. Brother, Brother, Mr. Brother. He said, uh, this, that, that was already promised to somebody else. What it was, there was a there was a man who was a Southern Baptist on the school board, and when they found out they were going to rent that old school building to an independent Baptist, uh, <laughs> and from Springer's church besides, they decided they'd start a church their own. Uh, so they did, which yeah. turned out okay. So I scouted around, I found a little house, I called a guy and could rent it, and we could have total use of it. So we had Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and a neighbor next door. We won them to the Lord, but right off they opened up their garage and let us use the garage for Sunday school. Mm -hmm. We had bought a bus. We had bus Sunday school on the bus, mm -hmm. and so, and then you got some people start off. God bless. Well, wonderful. So, We're going to wrap up our segment here uh, today, and we'll pick up this conversation next week. We want to thank our listeners for joining us today. And we hope that you will come back next week as we finish up our conversation with Dr. Carl Boonstra. Have a great day. Well, I don't know about you, but I sure enjoy listening to uh, Dr. Boonster tell his story of how God has worked in his life in leading him down this path of ministry as he's a labor in the Lord's harvest. One of the reasons we do this podcast is to share with you these stories because each one is unique, each one is special, but each one speaks of the work that God does in a heart and life. Well, I want to thank you again for joining us today, and it's our prayer that you'll be able to join us again next week as we give you the final segment of our conversation with Dr. Carl Boonstra. Please let others know about Labors in the Harvest. This is your host, Kevin Folger, saying thank you again for joining us. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. 
please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest. <laughs>